I'm going to share with you for a few minutes and pray with you. I want to read a short passage out of Philippians 3. It's going to be on the overhead. And then I'm going to talk about one verse for, for a few minutes. Um, you know, I, I made reference to this this morning, read parts of it. This was Paul's letter to the church in Philippi, written from prison. One of his prison letters. And uh, this is toward the end of his life. He's probably in his 60s now, and he's died shortly after this when he wrote this letter. He'd been doing this for 30-some-odd years. And um, this is, this is the, like the heart of the, of the epistle, verse 7 through 12. Whatever things were gained to me, <laughs> these things I've counted loss because of Christ. More than that, I count all things to be lost in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I've suffered the loss of all things. And I count them mere rubbish. The King James says dung so that I might gain Christ and may be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own derived from the law or from the things that I've done, but that which is through Faith in Christ. Righteousness that's given to me as a gift by faith. The righteousness which comes from God on the basis of faith. That I might know Him. That I might know Him. Everyone say that I might know Him. Say it again. That I might know Him. And the power of His resurrection. And the fellowship of His sufferings. A koinonia with Christ in, in suffering, being conformed to his death, if somehow I might attain to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I've already grasped it or at all or have already become perfect, but I press on if I may also take hold of that which for I was also taken hold of by Christ. This one, one simple verse that I want to just, we're going we're gonna to chew, you know, Paul talked about I'm sorry, David talked about meditation. He talked about while he, he pondered the scriptures, his, his, the, his, the fire burns. And meditation, the Hebrew word for meditation means to, it means to, to, to chew on something, to ponder, to, to take, on, take something in and reflect on it and, and chew on it and chew on it and chew on it and chew on it. Reflect on a ver- meditation on scripture. To take a verse... And just reflect until it begins to take life in you. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to look at this one verse, verse 10. We're going to, we're going to ponder. We're going to chew. We're going to become like cows tonight. You know, they, they chew in the grass and they swallow it and then they spit it back up and it comes and they chew it again. They chew it and they chew it and they chew it and they chew it. And they just reflect. We're, we're reflecting on this, 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 this grass, this, this herbs from the Lord. That I might know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. The other day I was reading this again and I was reading it again and four words stuck out to me in this passage. Know, power, fellowship, and conformable. Those, those are words written by Paul. And this is, he's crying out. He said, I'm pressing on to know the Lord and, and this is what I'm, this is what I'm after. 
This is what I'm after. This is what I'm looking for in my life. I'm pressing on to know the Lord. So I, I wrote a, a, a blog. We're going to look at it, parts of it or whatever tonight about this. But this first one, I want to know him. Everyone say, I want to know him. This verse was written by Paul toward the end of his life from his imprisonment in Rome. This verse will leave you breathless if you take a good look at it. If anyone knew the Lord intimately, it was Paul. His knowledge began with his shocking encounter on the Damascus Road and grew throughout his years of preaching and suffering for the name of Christ. I want to chew on this verse a little and think about exactly what Paul was saying so there's some definitions here that came out of this New Testament word study book and from Weiss, but um, it's the first word I want to, to, to think about is the word to know. To know. It's the Greek word genosko, and it literally means to know by experience. To experience something for yourself. So Paul is not talking about gathering more information about Christ and about his life, but what he's talking about is knowing him more intimately and personally than he has up to this point in his life. Now this, this to me, it's a, it's a, if you think about it, if you think about it, it's shocking. Christ, Paul met Christ on the road to Damascus. He met Jesus in his physical body, in his resurrected state. It's, it talk, if you read carefully in the book of Acts in his letters, Jesus appeared to Paul at least two other times in his life. So Jesus was obviously nearby. He was close by and he, he walked with him. He talked with him. He fellowshiped with him. He talked about his intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit. He talked about praying in tongues more than anyone else in the church in Corinth. He talked about praying in the Spirit and singing in the Spirit. And he talked about building himself up in the most holy faith. He talked about knowing Christ personally and intimately. So this is, you know, this is, this becomes, this becomes one moment in his presence, if you, if you Touch the real or taste the real. This becomes your story. I want to know him more. I want to know him more. I know he's real. I've tasted him. I've tasted him that first time he came into my life. And I've tasted him when I have prayed. And I've tasted him when I read the word and he came out of the pages to me. I tasted him when his glory fell on me. I tasted him when I was in trouble. I tasted, I tasted his closeness when he fell on me and I was baptized in the Holy Spirit. I, I felt his closeness when he walked into my hospital room. I've, I've seen him appear in my life so many times in these 48 years that I've walked with Jesus. But I have to say, I desperately need, right now in this moment in my life and in the history we're going through in this church, I need to know him more. I want to know him. I want to know him. So this is, this is Paul's story. He was hungering for the Lord. And in this second word is, this second phrase, in this, he says, I want to know him and the power of his resurrection. I want to know him and I want to know him in the 
power of His resurrection. The second phrase I want to point out is the power of His resurrection. This speaks of miracle power. Resurrection power is miracle power. The mighty power of signs and wonders. It means the power of working miracles. Paul had seen miracles all throughout the last 30 or more years in his life. It started when he saw the resurrected Christ for himself. He had a hunger for resurrection because he tasted the power of resurrection surging from the body of Jesus the first time he met him. He felt resurrection power. Resurrection power knocked him off his horse. Resurrection power lifted him up. Resurrection power called him. Resurrection power was inside of him, giving him revelation. Resurrection power was on him every time he preached or laid his hands on people. I want to know him and the power of his resurrection, Paul said. Now, he felt this power. You know, if you read his story, when he was going through Galatia, planting the churches in Galatia for the first time, he caused a big ruckus. And there was Jews that came from one town. The Jewish leaders from one town went to the next town. They caught a big old rabble of people together. They took Paul outside of town and they stoned him to death. He was stoned. Read it. It's in the book of Acts. They left him for dead on the side of the roads. Well, a little while later, he got up. He didn't run for his life. He went back into town. (laughs) Resurrection power. The same power that raised Jesus up from the dead. Raised Paul up from the dead. Not in a resurrected body, but in his mortal body. Raised him up and put him back in his ministry again after he had been stoned and left for dead. He knew resurrection power. From being raised up from the dead. He knew resurrection power when that boy by the name of Eutychus fell out of the third story window when Paul had been preaching all night. He fell asleep, fell to the ground, dead on the ground. Paul went out and put his hands on him and raised him up from the dead. Resurrection power. It was resurrection power in Asia, in the school of Tyrannus, when Paul preached daily for, for two years in the school of Tyrannus. And it says that, Paul, Luke said that unusual miracles began to break out. Unusual miracles. We'd seen miracles for years in Paul's ministry, Luke said, but this now unusual miracles began to break out. Even the, te- the pieces of cloth sent out from Paul's body began to carry something. And unusual miracles were breaking out. What was that in the room in the school of Tyrannus? It was the resurrection power of Jesus of Nazareth. You know, at the, toward the end of Paul's life, when he was going to Rome, and they had a shipwreck outside of, off the coast of Italy, and they swam to shore, him and all of the prisoners and the soldiers, and they ended up on this island by the name of Malta. And the leader of that island of Malta, the, the chief of that city, that, that, that island, fell sick of dysentery. He was on the verge of death. Paul went in and laid his hands on this, this, the leader of this town. He was healed. And if you read the book of Acts in chapter 27, it says sick people from all over this island came and they were healed also. There was a healing revival on the island of Malta when Paul went as a prisoner on his way to be Rome to have his, uh, to have his head taken off. 
I want to know him, Paul said. I want to know him in the power of his resurrection. The church today in this 21st century needs to know Christ and the power of his resurrection, his healing power, his delivering power, the resurrection power that brings people who are dead in their sins and gives them a new life, takes them out of drug addiction and brings them in to a brand new life, brings them out of promiscuity into a life of cleanness and morality. The power of God, it's resurrection power that breaks the chains of death. We were dead in our sins. We were dead without hope, without God, and without hope in this world. And Christ came inside of us, and we were raised up again from the dead by the power of the resurrection. So if you're born again, you've tasted resurrection power. But there's more, 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 more than any of us have ever known before. You know, when the Holy Spirit fell on me in 1994, I've told this story so many times, I'd already pastored for 16 years. But I had no idea of the power that was available. Had no idea. When the Holy Spirit fell on me in 1994 with His fresh touch, and and this anointing came on me and remained on me, I was stunned and shocked at the magnitude and the measure of what I was experiencing in our church. There was times when it it felt like the, the building was filled with some sort of solid substance that was almost impenetrable. I could not believe the power of His presence. I didn't know this was available in today's world. But it is. There is more available than I've ever known, that you've ever known, than anyone in this generation has ever known. He saved His best for last. Ah, inside of each one of us, there needs to be a holy cry. I want to know Him. I want to know Him in the power of His resurrection. I know there's power to set the captives free. I know there's power to make me a holy man or woman of God. I know there's more power than I've ever known. I want to know Him and the power of His resurrection. And then he goes with this next statement. He says, um, I want to know him and the power of his resurrection. This is the part we wish he didn't include in this verse. And the fellowship of his sufferings. Fellowship. You know the word fellowship. But Paul's using it in a very unusual way. Word fellowship, koinonia, partnership. We're called into partnership with the Holy Spirit. We're called into partnership with the body of Christ. We're called into this communion, this spiritual relationship that he's called us into. But Paul, Paul has taken it into, he's just taken this way too literal. Way too literal. But I think he was probably right, don't you? He said, I want to know him. I want to know him in the power of his resurrection and in the fellowship of his sufferings. There's something about going through dark times, difficult times. Paul called it suffering. 
There's something about that that brings us into a new awareness of Christ and a new awareness of his resurrection power. Paul was, Paul experienced this all throughout his, his life and throughout his ministry. He's writing to the church in Philippi. Every one of them in that city knew what had happened to Paul when he was there the very first time. You remember the story? He cast the demon out of some, this, some servant girl. The spirit of, this familiar spirit of divination came out of her. He was arrested for it, put in prison. He was beaten with canes. They caned him with those canes like they still use in some places of Asia. They caned him. There was wounds on his back. And then he was placed in the prison in chains on his feet and on his hands. The Bible says. But it also says about midnight. Him and his buddy Silas began to sing hymns to God. They began to sing songs and hymns and spiritual songs. I'm sure they sang songs that they knew, songs that they made up, and songs in the spirit. They were singing, and it says all the prisoners' eyes were on them. We don't know how long it lasted. I'm sure it wasn't a ten-second song. Probably not a ten-minute song. It's probably a song that went on and on and on till the whole room was filled with resurrection power. Paul was, what was he experiencing? He was experiencing the fellowship of his sufferings. There was something on Paul that hadn't been on Paul before that happened in the prison that day. Oh, as they begin to sing, an earthquake happens. Oh, do you think that was a coincidence? Oh, it just happened to have a fault line there. It happened to erupt at that particular moment in time. It happened while they were singing. The prison doors flung open. The chains on all the prisoners came off while they were singing and worshiping God. I want to know him. In the power of his resurrection and in the fellowship of his sufferings. Now, maybe you're not going to be arrested for preaching the gospel. You know, in the last couple of years, we found out that you can be in the United States. But that's probably not going to happen to most of us here. It could, but I think that there's something more here. I think that suffering or hard times is what we've all been going through these last two years. And I think it can even either make you bitter, drive you away from the church, get you crusty, or get you so on fire and hungry for something more. That you begin to understand what a little bit, a little, a little inkling of what Paul was saying. I want to know him in the power of his resurrection and in the fellowship of his sufferings. Recognize that every resistance we've faced, whether it's been COVID or whether it's been storms or whether it's been lockdowns or government mandates, it has been the, it's been the persecution of the resistance to the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's not about you. It's not about a pandemic. It's not about anything else. It's about Christ. It always is. It's always about Christ. Even when the people in charge don't realize it, they're being motivated by wicked spirits. It's not on purpose, but it happens. Most of them aren't smart enough to figure it out, but it happens anyway. The fellowship of his sufferings. I want to know him 
and the power of the resurrection and the fellowship of His sufferings. Let these difficult times bring you into this place of a new fellowship with Christ. Where you walk with Him differently than the way you did before you entered into difficult times. If you're going through a personal crisis in your own life, let this be your story. I want to know Him and the power of His resurrection and the fellowship of the sufferings that I'm experiencing. I want to know Him and I want to come out of this filled with fire, fire of God in my life. I want to know Him. I want resurrection power in me and through me on my words and on my actions. And then, this last one, this is even even worse than the one before. He says, I want to know Him, the power of His resurrection, the fellowship of His sufferings, and I want to be made conformable to His death. <laughs> he got his prayer. But he also died daily. He was... He was, he said, I've been crucified with Christ. Past tense and present tense. I'm being crucified with Christ. I've been crucified with Christ. I am crucified. I bear in my body the marks of Jesus. Now there's a scripture in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, I believe it's verse 7 or so. Paul talked about how he, he carries this treasure in an earthen vessel. And he says, I, I, I am, let, let me read it so I don't miss, miss, so I make sure that, that you don't think this is just me making this up. I want to read it to you from the scripture. Oh yeah, this is, this is too, these pages, okay, here we go. For God, 2 Corinthians 4, 6, God who said light shall shine out of darkness is the one who's shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen containers. We have this treasure in earthen vessels. We're made from the dirt of the grounds. We have this treasure in earthen containers so that the extraordinary greatness of the power will be of God and not from us. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not despairing, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed, always carrying around in our body the dying of Jesus. So that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. For we are being, we, we who are, we who live are constantly being handed over to death because of Jesus. So that the life of Jesus also may be revealed in our mortal flesh. Well, that's probably not the best news you've heard lately. But there's something about self-denial. There's something about saying no to what everyone else is doing 
in embracing what Christ is doing. There's something about it. There's something about saying no to the world and its system and its plans and its goals. And something about saying yes to Jesus and his purpose and his plans. You might begin to, people begin to, to look and point and say, weirdo, Jesus freak, Jesus freak, Jesus freak, or whatever, holy roller, whatever it is. That is part of the dying. Dying to your reputation. Dying to opinions of men. Not giving a rip about what people think or what they say. But being more concerned about what he says and what he thinks. And allowing Christ to be formed in you. So being made conformable. So I want to know him. And the power of his resurrection. And the fellowship of his sufferings. And being made Conformable to his death. Now, we, you could probably, you'll, you could reflect on that one verse the rest of your life. It's bigger than I want to know. But we can taste something of it. We can taste something of it. Instead of thinking that, that all Jesus is is the magic genie when you rub the little jar all your dreams come true. It's not about dreams coming true in this life. Oh yeah, He's good and He blesses us and He provides for us and He heals us and He gives us raises and He takes, He does all of that. But, but it, it, what, what, when you know, when you taste and know, it doesn't really, really matter anymore. It doesn't matter anymore. Sometimes when you press in to know Him, and you're praying about something. It might be some big prayer request that causes you to get hungry for God. And you start pressing in. And in the midst of that crying out to God because of this circumstance, He comes. And then you forget, forgot what you were even asking for. <laughs> because it really doesn't matter anymore. Because Why? Because He came. And He's bigger than what you wanted. He's better than what you wanted. Ha, 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 ha. Ha, ha. Yeah, he is. He's, the, he's greater than, than all the gold in the world. He's more valuable. What is that song that we sing? You, oh God, are greater than... How does that go? I forgot the words. You are greater than silver, more precious than gold. Blah, 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 blah. Sing, do you really mean it? Is he, is he really, really, is he really more valuable than gold or silver or diamonds? Oh, yes, he, he is when you, when you know him, when you know him, when you've touched the edge of him, when you touch the edge of him, you'll get ruined like Paul. God, I have to know you. I've got to know you. I've got to, let's just start with those first two. If you, if you can't relate to this, the death and the suffering part, just take the first half of the verse. And just wait for later. Let's just start with the first part of the verse. I want to know Him in the power of His resurrection. 